Hello and welcome back to What's Next Christianity. Here at What's Next Christianity, we believe that no matter where you're at with your walk with Christ, there's always a way to get closer to Christ or get closer to your community so you can be the hands and feet of Christ. I'm Travis, I'm your host, I'm the founder of What's Next Christianity, and uh, I want to talk to you today about something that's uh, been on my heart recently. Uh, I wanted to give a message based off of the training that I'm receiving through my mentor, um, but this has come up on my heart, and so I wanted to, to talk about that because this is what's next Christianity, and so we're trying to figure out what's next that we need to do. Um, and uh, I've started with this uh, with prayer and all that stuff, and I wanted to be uh, honest and open and, and everything, but I really started at a place for somebody who's a little bit further along in their journey with Christ. They've they already know, um, they know Christ, they have a, some sort of a relationship with him, but I want to start back at the very beginning. Um, there are many stages in our walk with Christ, but the beginning stage is probably the most important. Um, when I got saved the first time, there was no... Um, expectation of what I was going to receive. There's nothing um, that was going to prepare me. It wasn't something that built up. It was a sudden change um, on that one day. Unfortunately, as I went through life, um, I walked away from God. I got I let um, life get me down. I let life distract me. I let life um, really just, the enemy used it to have me question God. And as I started to question God, um, I walked away. Um, I went through some pretty dark times. Ended up going through a divorce. Um, then I've ended up getting remarried. And since I've been remarried, um, I have gotten my relationship back with Christ, which led me to doing this podcast and uh, volunteering at my church and getting into the the teaching side of things through. Uh, my mentor at church, my leader for the the movement, one of our uh, youth pastors, and um, so it, what I want to talk about. I don't want to talk about those people who, I mean, everybody's going to receive that sudden revelation of Jesus Christ. Um, but there are people who've been in church and they're they listen to church and they know they need to be going to church, but I guess they don't fully understand what it means to be a Christian. And so I kind of want to start there. Um, because I think it's really needed. It's not preached as much as I think it should be um, in the church today um, because we live this American cultural Christianity that really preaches, well, God will take all your troubles and God will help you do better financially and God will help you do this and God will help you do that. But that's not what Christianity is all about. So... I want to go over a little segment. It's called um, Romans Road. I'm going to talk about it here in a little bit. Um, but my journey back to Christ, um, like I said, I got remarried. Um, and it was uh, really good. It wasn't the Christian way to uh, meet somebody and, and to um, live life. I mean, I wasn't living for Christ. Um, but we both had gone to church before. We both, uh, 
um, had gone uh, followed Jesus in a certain way or not, and um, so we t- decided that we needed to start going going to church, and uh, this was in uh, 2018. We started going to, going back to church together. We, we said it was important for us and and for the girls. Um, we weren't married yet, um, so we started going to a church, and um, it was going really good. But we were just kind of sitting in church. We were listening to the messages. They were good messages. But were we really Christians? No. Um, I, I believe we thought we were Christians. And fast forward for about a, about a year, and we've moved from Yuma to Tucson, and we'd start going to a church there. And um, I was having some difficulties with um, trust, and um, and I was making my wife my God. And um, so every little thing, I, I was I was really jealous. I wanted her for myself. I had her on a pedestal because she's she's an amazing woman. Um, and she looked at me one day, and we were sitting in our bedroom, and she goes, "I'm not your, I'm not Jesus. You, you need to figure out who that is." Um, and it hit me. It's like, oh, I really do. And we were going to a church out there, and so I started pursuing Christ a little bit more there. Um, and so it was a slow, progressive um, we weaning back into my relationship with Jesus Christ. And and I believe that there's a lot of people who sit in church nowadays and they and they do what I, we were, I was doing. And it was I was going, I was hearing the message. I was like, yeah, I believe that, but I wasn't living it in my life. Um, and and Christians are meant to be like Christ, which means we need to show and have evidence of a transformation in our lives that is pretty much unexplainable to everyday world because the bible says that god uses the the foolish things in this world to confound the wise you know so things that we normally would expect um to happen happens a different way in the lives of christians and disciples and believers because god is amazing and that's the way god works and so it takes a you get to a point and when you're um being a weekend warrior christian like that you're going you're hearing the message and it's good but you don't apply it to your, your life you don't take notes you don't go back and re-listen if uh your church does it has a, a media outlet which most of them do these days um i go back and i listen to the messages nowadays because you get more out of it the more you listen to it but if you're if you're one of these people and you're like I go to church, I listen, I, I I'm pretty sure I believe, um, I'm not sure if Jesus is really active in my life. Um, I don't know if I'm I'm really saved. Um, I, I make change I make changes in my life to try to be better, but I always fall back into the same stuff. Well, we keep doing the same stuff because we haven't had that true conversion, that true revelation. And it's not an instant thing. Um, I know I'm trying to make it sound like it's an instant thing. 
Um, but we, we need to make sure that we're actually following, we're trying to learn, we're trying to be discipled by Christ, by, by a pastor, by a leader. Um, small groups are really good. And this is the stuff that we need if we're going into really want to be a Christian, really know what it means to be um, a, a follower of Christ. And so we got to have a, 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 an understanding of what it means to be a Christian and what it means that um, what Jesus done for us. You know, and, and I mentioned Romans Road, so I'm going to go over that. And Romans Road is just some verses in Romans, a uh, book in the New Testament. Um, Paul, uh, as he uh, traveled through Rome, and wrote stuff down. And um, as Romans Road starts off in uh, Romans 3.23, and it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What does that mean? I mean, it's pretty plain and simple, but understanding all have sinned. Everybody has sinned. The only person who never sinned on this earth was Jesus. So all have sinned, and we fall short of God's glorious standard. God has a standard. Um, you know, the Moses received the Ten Commandments, um, and, and Jesus combined confined them that or confound, um, combined them down into two: um, love God and love people. Um, and if you do that fully and correctly, then you're living a pretty righteous life. But outside of Christ, we all fall short of the glory of God. There's nothing we can do in our own strength to be good enough for God. In our own strength. Jesus makes us right before God. Makes us have a right standing before God. The Romans road goes on to Romans 6.23, and it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. So the wages of sin is death. So we all have sinned. We can all agree that. We know we don't. We know that we're not good. And then it says, because of that sin, the wages that we have earned is death. And this isn't physical death, because physical death, everybody experiences um, the Bible only records two people who never um, experienced physical death uh, Enoch and Elijah um, but this is not physical death this is spiritual death spiritual death is eternal separation from God which is kind of interesting because God is omnipresent God is omnipowerful God is everywhere but when it comes time for Jesus to return and Jesus come back, if we're not in right standing with God, we don't, we don't get to feel the presence of God. We don't get to experience it. We'll be separated from him. And we will be cast down into a lake of fire. And that's pretty heavy. But if you think about it, I mean, because... The presence of God is so good from what we feel here on earth. And those moments are when we're at church and worship seems like it's like perfectly on spot and everything. You feel like the presence of, of God through everybody worshiping together. And you feel that. 
And that's just a small glimpse of what the true presence of God is. But imagine never, ever feeling that ever again. That is eternal separation from God. The good thing is it's not what God wanted. God created us. God created Adam and Eve so he could have a relationship with us. And of course, he didn't want just robots, so he gave us free will, which is why we sinned. Um, the Bible even says that God wanted that relationship so much that he walked through the Garden of Eden in the cool of the day. He walked with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. But sin separated us, and so we were kicked out of Eden, and we have to had to wait till Jesus came to really have a good relationship with Christ, a relationship with God. I mean, the Old Testament all points to Jesus because Israel would follow God and walk away, follow God and walk away, follow God and walk away. They would not remember the signs and wonders that God did for them, and they'd always turn away. But in Romans 5.8 it says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So Jesus came to this earth. You know, it's Christmas time. He came, born, born, born of a virgin, um, lived a perfect life. And then the Bible says he gave his life. And he took our sin upon him and he died in a death that we are worthy of. And he did that out of love for us. True love is laying down your life for somebody else. You, know, you see this in a shadow of this in, back with Abraham. And Abraham was promised to be the father of many nations. And then when he finally had a son at, at an age of like 100 years old, you know, he was told by God, I need to take you your son, you need to take him over here, and you need to kill him. Abraham was willing to do that because he loved God. And he obeyed God. And he believed God would give him the promise of uh, offspring of many nations. Which is why Abraham is called the father of all, 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 all nations. You know, he was the father of Israel and the father of all peoples um, because his faithfulness to God. But even greater than that was Jesus coming and saying, I don't want you to be separated from me for eternity. I want you to be able to come to heaven with me and spend time, spend the rest of eternity with me and my father in heaven. So what he said was, I'm going to come down, I'm going to live as a man, I'm going to be as tempted as you are, but I'm not going to sin. I'm going to spend the last three years of my life preaching the message that the kingdom is at hand, that the kingdom of God is near, and then at the end of that, one of my closest friends is going to betray me for 
30 pieces of silver. And I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to be mocked. I'm going to be spit on. I'm going to have my beard ripped out. I'm going to have a crown of thorns put on my head and beaten to my head. Uh, whipped 39 times. And then they're going to take me and I'm going to hang on a cross until I die. And all in that process, my father, who I've been with since the beginning of time, and since before the beginning of time, is going to turn his back on me and separate from, my, from me. And Jesus, at the end of life, and end of his life and his death on the cross, he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The good thing is that Jesus, three days later, rose from the dead... And overcame death, took the keys, uh, the keys to heaven from Satan. Lived on this earth for another uh, fifty days, and then ascended into heaven, and sent us the Holy Spirit. But His love was so great for us that even though we weren't even close to being worthy. The Bible says that our righteousness or our best works are like filthy rags. But Jesus said, you're worthy because I say you're worthy. I love you and I want to spend eternity with you. So I'm going to take your punishment and I'm going to die for you. Then he rose in power and that power is available to us to live the rest of our lives because he loves us. It's a free gift of salvation. In Romans 10, 9 and 10 it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with one heart believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I'm not saying you have to do this in church in front of a whole bunch of people. Because it's a moment of your heart. right? Your heart believes with all of your being that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. That he died for your sins and then rose again on the third day. Your heart believes that. But your mouth has to confess it. I believe that the best way to do it is with somebody. Um, with a pastor. With a mentor. With a good friend who you go to church with that you know lives a little bit better life. You can see the works of God in his life. So go to him. and He's your friend. And he wants to see you confess. That is what Jesus died for, was for us to be able to believe in him with all of our being so we can love him with all of our being. Then we can love the people around us with all of our being. That we shall not want them to perish because we were once on that path and we're not anymore. But we want that for everybody and God doesn't want anybody to perish either. 
which is why Jesus came. And, and where a lot of people will say that you have to confess in public, you don't have to do that. You can do that right where you're at, if you're in your room, um, if you're driving in your car, wherever you're at. You just got to tell them. Honestly, be honest with God that you fully believe that he died for your sins. He died in your place. He took your punishment, took my punishment, and he died on that cross. But God raised him from the dead so that way we can live in power with Jesus. It says that once you confess this, that we are seated in heavenly places. Spiritually, we are seated in heavenly places. We have to live out the rest of our lives on this earth. But we are seated in heavenly places with God. You just tell him, God, I believe you. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me. I believe that he took my punishment. And I believe that you raised him from the bed, from the dead. So that way I may be saved. I believe that in all my heart and I confess with my mouth unto salvation. And what Jesus said was that he went to the Father. And when he went to the Father, he sent the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit came down. And the Holy Spirit lives inside of us when we give our lives to Christ. That doesn't mean that we're going to live perfectly from here on out. Because we can't. Because we're in these earthen vessels. And these the, the flesh fights against us. And the demons fight against us. And J Satan's job is to, as John 10.10 10 says, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he does that. Not by convincing you that God doesn't exist. He convinces you that God didn't say what he said. And that Jesus didn't fully do what he said. He tries to subvert you. But you need to believe on Jesus Christ fully. And then when you make this confession, it says that you should go and you should be baptized in water baptism. Now this is more of a public confession. You go to uh, uh, it doesn't have to be a fully public confession, but you have to have somebody baptize you. So you're in, in right, right, you're with somebody else. But churches have baptisms all the time. And you go, you sign up, you, you may take a class that'll teach you about baptism. Um, but if not, just be baptized. And what it says, you're identifying, it's symbolic. But I believe that there's also a, a powerful spiritual uh, connotation to it that when you go down under the water, you die with Christ. And as you come up, you re you're resurrected with Christ. And that's what it means to be a Christian. And then you go and you look in the, and read the Bible and you look how Jesus lived. And then you look how Paul lived and you look how the apostles lived and you look how the, the beginning New Testament church lived. And you start to model your life after them. Because Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And then you have power to overcome temptation. The Bible says that God will not tempt us beyond what we can handle. So we can start seeing that spiritual change in life. We can start seeing exactly the life that God wants for us. And that we'll know the good will of God. And then the best thing 
is when we do die, our physical death, we don't die the second death, but we get we we ascend into heaven, and we celebrate with Jesus and with God every single time somebody gets saved. It says there's a party in heaven. Uh, a lot of people preach that it's the angels that celebrate, but no, it's not just the angels. It's the saints who have gone before us. It's the people who have gone before us. It's God himself celebrating your return. And that's what it means to be a Christian. And I hope that this touches your heart. It convicts you that you can feel the spirit of God in your life. That you can understand what God did for us. And that's pretty much all I have for you today, um, this week. I know it's been a while since I put one out, but uh, I'm getting back on the track. Uh, God's been doing some some pretty amazing things. And, and I really hope this blesses you. I really hope it touches your heart and touches your spirit. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, thank you for this message of what you've done for us. The great exchange our sin for your righteousness. We thank you so much for that, Lord. And anybody who believes this upon this message, Lord, Lord, I pray that they would have the courage to confess with their mouth, and then they'd be, have even more courage to be able to tell somebody, talk to somebody about it, and to get baptized. We thank you for your wonderful power. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you all for listening to this podcast. Um, I hope you got something out of it. Uh, Hopefully I'll have another one back in a week or two. But other than that, uh, have a blessed day. Have a blessed weekend. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the What's Next Christian podcast. Please follow, subscribe, uh, leave a rating review. Share it if you find useful information, something that helped you. Share it to a friend who might need the information. Uh, If you didn't find it helpful, don't share it. If you need to reach out to us on social media, Instagram at What's Next Christianity, Facebook, What's Next Christianity, YouTube, What's Next Christianity, uh, email What's Next Christianity at gmail.com, and probably coming soon, TikTok. But we'll see. Go out, be the hands of Christ, be bold in Christ.